I am now on Kofi.com, which is a platform that is completely free um, for myself as a podcaster to accept donations, basically. So very, very small donations, as if you were buying me a drink. Um, I think you can donate £4 or you can make up your own donations. Obviously, this takes quite a lot of time, quite a lot of effort, and I love doing it. But sometimes you need a little bit of a financial... uh, what's the word, like a crutch, I suppose. Um, I'm not expecting to make millions and millions of pounds from this, but it would be really awesome if someone could um, sort of help me along the way, I suppose. Obviously, all the money that I earn from this podcast, I put straight back into the podcast, or I actually buy stuff from my sponsors. Um, So yeah, if you fancy that, then it's ko-fi.com. So ko com forward slash Absolute Bedlam Podcast. And only donate if you can donate. Only donate what you can and if you can. I can't express that enough. Um, don't try to give me too much and then ruin yourself financially. That's not what this is about. This is just about me keeping the, uh, the steam in the uh, machine, as I suppose. Yeah, enough waffling. Here's the episode. Take my glasses off. Hello and welcome to Absolute Bedlam Podcast. First things first, if you're watching this on video, I apologise that I look a bit sweaty. It's because I am. I've literally just got home and I've shoved some food into my mouth. So we have Ross Mullen on the show. But before we get into the chat, I just want to sort of remember Taylor Hawkins from Foo Fighters. He was the drummer of Foo Fighters and he's one of those people that I think a lot of people kind of took for granted and then he passed away at 50 and I think a lot of people got hurt by that and it was quite a shaking. I was, you know, I went to the toilet at 4am and I take my phone as I do (laughs) to the toilet because I'm (laughs) 32 Um, and I turned on the internet and I went on Twitter and it was all over Twitter and I was like this is probably a fake thing where people you know pretend to die and um it was real and I was like oh shit not sure if I'm going to be able to go to sleep now (laughs) so yeah not good but yeah we just want to do a one minute silence and um we'll start now Cool. Thanks for thanks for that, Ross. Oh, I hate it when people die. I really, really hate it when people die, especially people I haven't met. It's a really weird paradox that I have of um, like Chester Bennington from Lincoln Park, Chris Cornell from Soundgarden, Audio Slave, and it's just that feeling of like I'll never get to actually meet them, even though they probably never remember me because they meet hundreds and hundreds of people a day. But yeah, it's just sad, isn't it? 
sad when people die early as yeah. well. Like 50, I don't know. Is, is 50 old? Yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah, it's not. I'm 55. Yeah. <laughs> I can tell you it's not old yeah, at all. Yeah. He's a young man. That's it. Yeah. So, right, let's try and uh, get rid of that. Right, so I've got Ross Mullen on Absolute Bedlam tonight. So I met Ross at Comic-Con a couple of weeks back. And I went into podcast mode for about five minutes because I'm usually only allowed five minutes when I go out into the wild because it starts overtaking my real life. And this is just a hobby. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I checked with my girlfriend and my son. She was like, yeah, go on, go do your stuff, go get his email address. And here we are. So it's quite a quick turnaround. But yeah, <laughs> Ross, I've got you down as lots and lots of things, my friend. And I don't really know where to start with you. So we've got Doctor Who, mm -hmm. Number Jacks. Yeah. Bear Behaving Badly. You got it. Sharknado 5. Yeah, that's me. Clash of the Titans. Yes. And Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones, yes. Is that it? Oh, there's a lot of other stuff there, but yeah. that'll do for now. That will that'll, do. That'll cover this podcast, I'm sure. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. So first, I like to start these episodes with sort of how it all started. But mm -hmm. I want to ask you a question before you even knew what you were going to do as a career, which was how was school for you? How was school for me? Um, I wasn't very good academically <laughs> uh especially with numbers which maybe is why I ended up playing the number taker and number jacks <laughs> um I um but school was a very social thing for me I I found like primary school we would call it elementary school in Canada uh was a very fantastic magical social time for me uh, many of the friends that I had in primary school, I still am very close with, and we're very close with them during my high school years, which were a little bit more turbulent, I would say. Um, but school was, you know, I had some amazing teachers, too, when I was in primary school. I'd say I had some wonderful, wonderful women who were my teachers when I was growing up, and they were, you know, I grew up in the 70s, so they were... I guess, influenced by the new movement of women's rights and also the free love movement of the hippie movement. And I feel very fortunate for that. They were really wonderful women that uh, that guided me and also, you know, gave me a lot of encouragement to be who I was. Mm. So, yeah, That's school was good. Nice. I've got down here as a note, were you shy? No, I wouldn't no. say I was okay. shy. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't say that I was shy, uh, but faced with adults, I remember I would get a little shy. I think the way kids normally do, you know, around adults, they get a little, a little shy. Um, I very famously, my father is from Northern Ireland, and uh, we would go up and visit his, well, my family up there in Northern Ireland uh, on the farm every few years. The first time I was up there when I was four, uh, I was very shy, apparently, until there was a piano, which not that I could play the piano. Uh, but I climbed up on top of it and started singing a song called I Love Trash, 
which is a Oscar the Grouch song from Sesame Street. <laughs> and it's never, it's, it's never, I've never had to, I've never been able to live it down. Yeah. Every time I go to Northern Ireland, people go, oh my God, I remember when you were four years old, you got up yeah, on the yeah, piano yeah, yeah. and you were this shy little kid and suddenly you were singing, yeah. I love trash. Yeah. And I guess they'd never heard of it before. So they're like, what is this all about? Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't say I was shy though. No, not shy. Fair enough. Fair enough. I just had this feeling that you were because you're now a performer. And I find uh, yeah. sometimes people want to break out of that. I've never really been heard before sure. attitude with making as much uh -huh. noise as possible, like joining a band and rebelling yeah. against the man and that sort of thing so no fair enough well i think for me a lot of that is down to feeling like i've uh i, I a feeling inside that i've i'm always been different mm. um i'm a gay man and when i was really young i think it was to me it was i mean in my mind it was very obvious that i was different from other boys yeah. and my father was very sporty and you know the world was very different then mm. and i felt very different but to me, the television and the film world and that world spoke to me. I thought, oh, that's where I belong. That's where I can excel. I, yeah. I intrinsically was drawn to that, I think. Yeah. No, fair yeah. enough. Cool, cool. Um, Canada. I've got that down on your Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah. What was that like living there? Well, freezing cold in the wintertime <laughs> and boiling hot in the summertime. Yeah. Uh, I come from an island called Montreal in Quebec, which is in the middle of the St. Lawrence River. And it's a beautiful, beautiful place, although I took it for granted, of course, growing up. Um, it's very European in its style. Um, Elizabeth Taylor and Richard Burton uh, got married a second time in that city. <laughs> and... Uh, and John Lennon and Yoko Ono uh, did a, a sleep in, in in the hotel there as well. Um, there was, uh, I mean, Canada is like a really, it's a really, it's a four season place where I grew up, you know, uh, but I also grew up in a French speaking province and city. So French was very much a part of my life, my day to day lifestyle. And I speak French. Uh, I wouldn't say as fluently as I wish I could. Um, yeah. But my French is pretty good. Yeah. Um, but Montreal was an amazing, spectacular city. But I didn't realize it until, you know, then I moved to another city. I moved to Toronto and I didn't really like it at all. Yeah. Uh, and it, it took me a while before I found a city that I loved. Like London reminds me, strangely enough, of Montreal, where I'm from. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a fantastic place to grow up, Canada. It's not America, so yeah. um, I wouldn't say Montreal is the safest city in the world either because there's quite a lot of aggression and violence, but there was never really that fear of, like, guns and the Manson family serial killers that you would hear about crossing across the border, you know? Mm. Uh, yeah, you, we're always living in the shadow of America and Canada, but... Uh, in hindsight, it was a really wonderful place to grow up. A lot of camping in the summertime, skiing. I played ice hockey for 10 years. Um, you know, everybody knows how to skate. Everybody knows how to ski, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah it's a good, good kid. My, my parents were great, too. They gave me a really good outdoorsy upbringing. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
What we'll do then in two years from now is I'll go back and learn French and we'll do this entire interview in French. I, I know a bit. I know a bit. I know je suis désolé is I'm sorry because that was yeah. one of the first things that I learned with my French teacher. She was like, why do you want to know uh, that? And I was like, in case I make a mistake. <laughs> oh, that's really sweet, actually. Yeah. And <laughs> I obviously, you love that. <laughs> sorry means mouse, doesn't it? Sorry. Yeah. Um, sorry, yeah. Yeah. And what else do I know? Overt the Kaye, which was open the book. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Start your lesson. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm that's doing Duolingo. I'm doing Duolingo oh, right. uh, French at the moment because I just got back uh, two weeks ago. I was in uh, Avignon. Uh, I was mm. staying outside of a little village. I was staying in a little village down there with a friend of mine uh, looking after a mutual friend's house. So yeah. uh, it was really lovely. Yeah, to nice. speak French again. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Right. So you mentioned on an interview that I watched recently in research for this, the channel mm -hmm. was called Flicks in the City on YouTube. And I think it was a Comic-Con. Oh, yeah, that was a while ago. Yeah. Uh -huh. And they were saying that you seem to kind of just throw yourself into these situations. And mm -hmm. you you agreed that you just kind of learned how to ride a horse and you kind of did whatever yeah. it took to, you know, get that acting role. And yeah. is that something that's been a through thread in your entire life or has it been situational as and when you need it? Um, it has been like that throughout my whole life. I mean, I became an actor really when I was 13 years old. Um, and that was through, you know, a drive that I had and I pushed my parents in a direction they really had no idea my parents have no experience in acting at all we'd never been to the theater or anything like that yeah no one's ever been an actor in my family and nobody has that kind of um performance element to them so i pushed for something so hard and my parents were really you know not that they were completely discouraging but they assumed that they would send me to acting classes and that I would dislike it and naturally flow away from it. But I excelled in my acting classes and I pushed then to go to uh, proper training when I was about 17 or 18. Um, and once I got there, you know, I realized a dream that I had had since I was like five years old, which I had, you know, I, when I was five, I really wanted to be a cartoon character. That's what I really wanted to be. I wanted to be like a monster on Scooby-Doo. I loved Scooby-Doo and the Flintstones. It was like mad for it and Bugs Bunny. Mm. But I loved the monsters on Scooby-Doo. And when I got to drama school, we started doing mask work and I excelled in mask work and I was really good physically at throwing my body around and doing all kinds of shapes. I was super, super skinny. And... Uh, once you realize, you know, when you're a sort of a showman like me and like a lot of actors, once you do something and people go, oh, wow, you're really good at that. You just want to keep doing it. Right. Because yeah, you're getting the attention you want. Mm -hmm. And um, I think it was my work in mask theater, which I eventually excelled in after drama school. I went into uh, uh, a mask theater uh, company called Odyssey Theater in Ottawa. They mm. sell in Commedia dell'arte, which was comedy and very slapsticky Lucille Ball kind of humor, you know, um, you know, really wild scripts. And that really was the sort of 
the grounds for me, the 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 area where I thought yeah. anything's possible here. I can yeah. I can make anything kind of happen here. Um, and I think that's why when uh, I moved to the UK and I saw, oh, like Henson's were looking for to train Muppeteers, I thought I can do that. I can do that, you know, yeah. Yeah. train me, I'll do it. I can play, I can play Kermit the Frog. I can do Kermit the Frog's voice. I can do Miss mm. Piggy's voice. You know, I was that kid, right? Like yeah. when I was young, I just would, I would try anything. I. I could sing, you know, well enough to push myself to be into me in musicals for years and years. Yeah. I could dance well enough to get by, you know, I liked trying anything to do with the performance yeah. art. And yeah, I would, I would never lie to sit, to mm. get a job, mm. but I will always say, uh, I'm not afraid to do that. I'm not afraid yeah. to try it, you know? Yeah, I do. Yeah. For a lot of roles that I've done, I did because I was like, I'm keen to do it. I'll do it. You know, like when I did Clash of the Titans, I'd never done prosthetic makeup before that intensely, but I was like, absolutely throw me in it. I'll do it. And, you know, it paid off because Clash of the yeah. Titans led to me doing Game of Thrones yeah. and Doctor Who and all of the horror movies I've done. Uh, you never know <laughs> where something's going to lead you, right? Like yeah, you never that. know. I didn't, I didn't particularly like being a puppeteer with the with the Muppets. Yeah. So I only trained with them and then left. Mm. And then when I went broke, like around 2004, I was so broke, I was going to lose my house. <laughs> my agent was like, hey, listen, you've got this puppeteering skill. This job has come up at the BBC. It'll clear your debt. And I was yeah. like, put me up for it, man. Let's yeah, yeah, go. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get this job, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Think that's kind of how I am. Acting's a bit of a strange one because it's all portfolio work, isn't it? Like, even if you didn't enjoy the role and you didn't enjoy the experience, it's still on your sort of CV. And it might yeah. help you ascend to a higher, like Game of Thrones, for example. You just mentioned that you had to do Clash of the Titans to get to that. Sometimes you have to go yeah. from A to C to get to B, is what I'm trying to say. Oh, absolutely. Um but also I would say the way that you're going to get ahead in this industry is by never having it. Like, I mean, of course there are jobs that were more difficult or challenging than other jobs, but the actor's job is to love every job you have. Like it's your only child that you nurture. Those that character that you play, you have to throw yourself in and believe in it and the project and everything surrounding it a hundred percent. If you want it to, if you want to, if you want it to mean anything to you yeah. uh, or the audience, and you want to come away with your dignity intact, yeah. So I really, no matter what job it was, whether it was Clash of the Titans or Sharknado Five, mm. I loved them all equally while I was doing those jobs, you know, yeah. or touring, or you yeah. know, uh, yeah, I. Mm. Every experience, you know, like when I think back, I've had a numerous incredible experiences yeah. and some that have not turned out in my favor too. I've been let go of jobs early mm. and fired from jobs, you know, not in a negative way, but because it just wasn't working out. Yeah. Um, and those, none, no regrets at all. I have absolute, you know, I come away with that thinking great experiences. You know, I think of Lisa Kudrow from Friends yeah. saying, you know, when she got fired from Fraser, 
because she was doing the pilots and then she wasn't cast in the main show. Yeah. She went home and was depressed for like a month, but you know, in hindsight, she never would have got friends. Yeah, that's <laughs> and mad, she's isn't like, it? And yeah. in hindsight, mm. she said getting fired actually was the fuel I needed to really get the fire under my ass and get me going yeah, yeah, yeah. in my life. No, you enough. know, yeah. no regrets, as yeah. Edith Piaf says. That's <laughs> it. So I've also got from your Wikipedia that you are teaching or you used to teach animation at the University of Creative Arts in Farnham. Is that right? Yeah, I do. I actually teach animation to uh, several schools. I, I teach at the University of Arts London. I just taught there two weeks ago. Uh, Farnham and also in Falmouth, I work too. Okay. And I teach acting to animation students with the attention of motion capture and green screen work. Yeah. And my, my classes, my monster classes, I would call them. I've done them at conventions too. I think they're quite cool and people yeah. really love them. And they're for non-actors as well. They're, um, they're really an exploration of exploring your fears, your imagination, and trying to move them into your body and create creatures and wild sort of amazing things. People mm. always love them. Yeah. Nice. They're good. And yeah. uh, but I'm a resident teacher at UAL actually. That's how I got the the Farnham job. Um, yeah. And I love teaching them. You, I love, love, love watching people try to act, especially if they don't want to act and they're really yeah. shy. Yeah. It's yeah. a beautiful thing to get somebody to come come forward. It's like coaxing mm. a little squirrel up to your hand. You mm. know, mm. getting someone to do something. It's wonderful. Yeah, yeah. And we're all creative. We all have something creative to bring to the table i truly believe that yeah and it helps animators a lot because animators will inevitably work uh side by side with actors and directors in a lot of the projects i've worked on um you know like game of thrones clash of the titans doctor who they all all my characters started out as a drawing they all started out as a drawing and they have all been touched up by animators and mm you know the the sceneries in which we perform in are mostly created now by you know computer generated images a lot yep. of the time so it's so important to work alongside animators and respect their work and it's so important for animators to respect actors too yep. to help them create the images they're they're creating yeah no, that's fair enough got a fan question for you from my friend sure. bryony garrett do you prefer to act in films, TV series, or performing on stage? Wow. Um, I like, like I said a little earlier, you know, when I'm in the job, I love the job. Mm. Um, right now I'm working on a pilot for a TV show. So I'm kind of like, wow, I just want to be in yeah. a TV show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I have to say, if I was to really, really answer that question truthfully, I love a movie. Mm. I love something that has a beginning, a middle, and an, and an end. Mm. Those are the most, probably the most fun to, to do because they, because you really can see the end of them, if you see what I mean. Yeah. You, you know what the whole script is. With a television show, it's ongoing and the end isn't written yet really yeah um that's what's exciting about doing a tv show mm. and i love i mean i've done so much theater in my life and i would love to do more theater as well 
but there's something about doing a film. I love the locations, the sets, and the, the strangely, the absence of the audience is what I kind of like. When you can just roll up your sleeves and, and work on the character and get it right and capture that moment and have it edited and perfected and then it's done. Um, it really feels like you're, you are that character in the moment a little bit more when you're doing that. Mm. So I guess my answer would be film. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. From your experience on films, how long do you stay involved and how long averagely does a film take the film? Ooh, wow. Uh, well, films can take a long time. Mm, a lot of money. Uh, money, editing, yep. post-production, depends yeah, what's yeah. going on, right? Like, yeah. uh, you know, big, big films sometimes take almost two years. Yeah. Sometimes you do a film and it doesn't take two years to make. It takes only like maybe a month to make but it takes about a year or so to get the distribution right yeah. if it's not got the budget behind it. Mm. Or even if it has the budget behind it, sometimes distribution is difficult, finding the timing yeah. to put it out. How long do I stay with the project? Only the amount of time that they need me, right? Yeah. So in Clash of the Titans, I was only there for a week. Game of Thrones, only a few days every year. Mm. Um, yeah. Same with, uh, you know, one of my Doctor Who episodes, I was there for almost a month. Yeah. One episode, I was there for only about a week or so. Um, it really depends how long they've got and how yeah. long they need you for. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'm not I'm not involved in any of the edits usually. I just finished a short film. Uh, I was part of the edit for that. That's very unusual for me. Uh, and I'm not so sure I enjoy or how much I have to bring to the table with the edit because I'm looking at my own work and I'm going, Oh, I don't know. Like none of it looks good to me. You know, it's <laughs> like, it's hard to sit and go, yeah. Oh, like that's really good when it's your own work. It's like yeah. having, Oh man, we really need to reshoot this with another actor and not me. Uh, yeah. But yeah, that's my, my job is done only when I'm finished my acting. Right. Yeah. So there's a lot of parallels between, what you do and musicianship I think because a lot of singers hate the sound of their own voice and when I played yeah. bass I used to hate the sound of hearing my part back and you know it gets to the point sometimes where it's like if you just do 78 takes or something yeah burning money and time aren't you <laughs> and sometimes you've just got to say that is the best that I can do I've got to move on you do. and with your roles I think where you know you go somewhere for a week and then you are freed up to then go to the next project. Whereas if you yeah. were like a main actor, like a proper, you know, like Jon Snow from Game of Thrones, then you're tied yeah. in for like three years, aren't you? Yeah. You can't really do anything alongside that because it just requires like, so much attention. Like Ned yeah. the Bear, when I did yeah, yeah. Behaving Badly. You know, yeah. he was in every single episode and every single shot and every single yeah, scene. Yeah. yeah. So, you know you're the demand of you there, then that's a whole other thing. You're take you're taken on a whole other journey where, you know, you you just have to, you really have to trust the directors, the writers. You got to put a lot of trust and a lot of faith in other people and your instinct. Uh and just let it go, really. And yeah. and go with the flow. Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah no, that makes sense otherwise you just turn into a control freak and yeah everyone's having exactly. fun yeah and then it becomes really yeah. no fun for you <laughs> yeah sharknado 5 I've always yeah. had a bit of a, a weird affiliation with these films because they just seem, they almost are like a parody of themselves now, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can you describe in one sentence for the listeners what Sharknado <laughs> 5 is about? <laughs> well, Sharknado 5 is about a tornado full of sharks mm-hmm. tearing through country after country after country uh destroying z-list celebrity after z-list celebrity after z-list celebrity (laughs) minute by minute by minute by minute okay uh starring ian zaring and tara reed and cassie serbo yeah i it's a gas it's a you know it's iconic it's uh of the moment um and going back to what I said before about saying yes to pretty much mm-hmm. anything that comes across your path, mm-hmm. you know, I'm a, I am love watching reality TV. I'm a big reality TV buff. I love lots of stuff that I'm never in. You know, I watch Ozark. I do like, you know, my, my personal life, I watch a lot of things that I never get a chance to kind of be in or do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, when one of the producers from Sharknado 5 Facebook messaged me and said, <laughs> hi, uh, yeah. you might not you might not know, but we you know, there's these movies called Sharknado. And I was like, oh, yeah, I know Sharknado. And he's like, well, we're looking for somebody from Game of Thrones who's willing to be in it. And I was like, I'll be in it. You know, I'll give you my agent's number and get in touch. Yeah. Uh, and cut to the chase. They gave me a role and. I loved it. I shared my dressing room with Katie Price. So that was just enough to go into work for me. I loved it. You know, she was really hilarious. And uh, I loved working with uh, Ian Zaring and Cassie Serbo and Tara Reid, you know, who I've managed to keep in touch with as well. That's cool. Yeah, uh, yeah. So that's really fun. I've done a convention yeah. with Tara and uh, Ian and I chat occasionally on Facebook. Uh, I mean, uh, Instagram. Mm. And um, yeah, I never say no. Like, yeah. okay, yeah. you know, and in my scene, uh, although I never worked with her, Nick, um, Nichelle Nichols is in my scene, you know, who played Uhura on Star Trek yeah, yeah, from yeah. when I was a little kid. So that was kind of cool. Everybody thinks I was in the scene with her, but we just shot we're in the same room, but we're like shot on different days. Yeah. Uh, but everybody's like, wow, you got to work with, Ni- you know, Nichelle Nichols. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I got to work with Abby Lee Miller from Dan- from Dance Moms. <laughs> yeah, and fantastic. And Portia Williams from The Real Housewives of Atlanta. I yeah, mean, yeah. I was in heaven. I was finally a star in my own home, you know? <laughs> I'm, I'm now at a point where I'm getting people following me back on Twitter. So I've had MC Lars, Wheatus, and scott who we've had on recently who was the guitarist of cancer bats and the notification comes up on my phone and i'm like what the fuck (laughs) like i'm just like you know just walking up the stairs and my phone goes off and it's like mc lars has followed you back and i'm like okay so now i can just dm him whenever i want obviously i don't abuse it too much shout out to andrew mc lars legend but yeah i've i messaged you know, the singer of Wheatus, like, hey, dude, how's your pets? And he's like, hey, man, how's it going? I'm just like, this is like a cheat awesome. code. 
<laughs> I've only spent an hour with you on Zoom, but yeah, I'll take it. Hell yeah. But yeah, yeah that's I love that we live in an accessible world now, yeah. you know, where you yeah, can, yeah. you know, you can, if you, with the right tone, you can kind of get mm. anybody's attention, right? Definitely, so, yeah. Ozark, we've got to talk about that. One of the best oh, shows I ever made. Ozark. Are you up to date oh, on it? Pardon? Are you up to date on it? I am up to date on it, yes. What, what did you think of the last 10 minutes of the last episode? Well, what happened in the last 10 minutes of the last episode? Right, this is a spoiler alert. Sorry, Ruth completely loses it and she goes absolutely oh, berserk yes. and she runs oh, out of the Wyatt. house. Wyatt and, yeah, and yeah, that's uh, it, yeah. Darlene. Darlene. Yeah, that's it. I mean, okay. Yeah. I loved the last 10 minutes of it. Mm. Um, as much as I loved the first 10 minutes of the whole series, right? Yeah. Mm. What happens in the first 10 minutes is really big. Yeah, yeah. Of, of the last season, that the car flip, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What's mm. That what's going on there? That's the big the air, one, isn't it? right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Well, I want Ruth. You know, I know there's no winners and losers in drama, yeah. but mm. I want Ruth to fucking win, man. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, I want Ruth. I'm rooting for Ruth. You Ruth. know, I think everybody is right. Yeah. She's, She's just amazing. She's she's the she's the dark horse of that show, you know, the runaway star of that show. I love it. And I, I hats yeah. off to um both, you know, Lara Linney and yeah. uh J- what's his name? Uh Jason Bateman. Jason Jason Bateman. I love them. Yeah. And I think what a great show mm. for them both to be playing roles which were outside of their sort of realm or took their char- type of character, their type yeah. of typecasting to a new level. Yeah. Um, beautiful, subtle, fantastic work by them both. And it has shades of Shakespearean's, Shakespeare's Macbeth in it yeah, all yeah. the time. You know, it, yeah. it's fantastic. What a great show. I was I was really reluctant in the beginning because yeah. I was like, oh, mm. this is like Breaking Bad, yeah. blah blah blah. Mm. But I'll say this also: what I really love about yeah. Ozark is its its female characters are superbly written and mm. given real time and strength yeah. and, and power is dynamic and power. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's you know it's just brilliant. Mm. You know, yeah. like that lawyer they had for that one season. Hello. That, that Oh, Helen. Yeah, yeah God. So good. Spoil until Such the end. Great yeah. Oh, God. When it when it's over, I'll be I'll be crying. The I end actually of, watched yeah. the whole series again yeah, to yeah, get yeah. up to speed for this season. I loved it. The end of series three, that absolute last scene, and then knowing that you had to wait another year, I yeah. literally stood up. I was like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> and then oh, series four picks up exactly where Helen... Yeah. But Laura yeah. Linney's uh, season three, episode nine, mm. with you know what happens to her brother, yeah, and that, all of that yeah. was whoa to me. That was uh, outstanding yeah. performance for her. Yeah, you know her drinking in the parking lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. All of that was yeah phenomenal work phenomenal work the bit where she goes into the supermarket and the kid runs into her by accident and the parent says you can't just run off because you feel like it and then she drops her shopping basket and she's like i'm doing that i need to get back to the ozarks i need to face my demons but yeah what a show 
what a fucking show last eight episodes out next year and i'm probably going to binge the whole thing in probably two weeks i think they're out next like in two weeks aren't they oh, next yeah month. yeah yeah it's end of april yeah my bad yeah I'm i just doing, always think actually, series of i'm yearly. doing a doctor who cruise in about two weeks fantastic <laughs> and i'm going to be uh in the caribbean on a doctor who cruise uh when it drops and i was like what am i going to do when it drops do i like am i going to be able to watch it on the cruise ship yeah put do not disturb up on your door yeah <laughs> no seriously do not disturb yeah love it right so what have we got here what have we got here not sure too much about your children's work so this might fall a bit flat <laughs> but That's have okay. you preferred or have you always done acting roles that don't require you to say any lines <laughs> no actually quite the opposite actually i worked for so many years in theater uh where like i'm talking non-stop i've done like shakespeare i've done i did a show actually back in canada in 2019 where i had nine monologues on stage and the show was three hours and it was a comedy if you can believe it yeah it's just a really weird fluke that a lot of the stuff i've done in uh film and television are monsters and monsters mm. quite often don't speak you see that's the yeah. thing because once monsters start speaking they kind of lose their power a bit i think that's why they're mostly silent yeah definitely. um and the number taker is infinitely really creepy simply because he doesn't speak right mm. i mean i get a lot of flack for how creepy he was <laughs> yeah. and creeped out a lot of kids i mean yeah. i'll tell you they abuse me online. They send me loads of stuff on Instagram and Twitter, which I can't repeat here. They're like swearing at me for destroying their childhood. And I, I feel uh, it's something they should take up with the BBC and not me. Yeah. <laughs> I had no idea what I was doing, you know. But I also, um, like, I don't know, some kids, they think I'm a hero too. Some of the kids really love me, you know. Yeah. Who knows? Mm. Kids stuff. Yeah. Um, but I love where I love that I've had an impact on kids TV because I really like kids and I do a lot of volunteer work with children. Yeah. I don't have children of my own, mm. uh, but I do, I work for two really good children's charities. One of them is called seen and heard. Yeah. We help children um, develop plays, write plays that are then performed by professional actors and directors in front of an audience in Camden. And it's really cool. And I recommend anybody get in touch with them see yeah. them and then i also work for a charity that is called beanstalk where mm -hmm. i go into my local primary school twice a week and i do uh what's called book chat to help kids with their literacy fair enough so yeah i've heard of beanstalk. those are really great yeah i love yeah. kids i love them they're they also keep you out of all of the mm. drama of the day you know like yeah, if yeah. you're sick of watching the news and mm. sick of talking about the current flow you go and you talk to kids, man. They're not they're not talking yeah, to yeah, you yeah. about what's going on in the government or no, yeah. happening in, you know, the world. Yeah. Uh they're they're always in the they're where the magic spot is, you know. Yeah, yeah. They're just talking about how they can't do their shoelaces up and how much they really exactly. like cheese. I love that. Yeah. I love that. How old is yeah, your yeah. kid? He's eight. How old is it's your Casper? He's eight. Perfect yeah. age, right? Right. Like that's the group that I kind of talk I yeah. do book chat with. Yeah. love chatting with that age they're amazing they're just fantastic that's cool love that yeah we watched number jacks so i was obviously blissfully unaware that you were in it 
But yeah, some of those children's shows, man. Jesus. You end up like watching them as well. Like the kids in bed and it's on yeah. in the background. And you end up sitting there and watching like <laughs> in the night garden. And you're like, this uh, is mental. crazy. But yeah, there we go. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, if you could be any actor, any actor, an actor in any future film slash TV show, what would it be and why would it be that one? Well, gosh. <laughs> uh, if I could be any other actor other than me, I would probably choose... Oh, I'm going to regret saying somebody that I... Because I there's so many actors that I really love. Um, who is, like, my favourite actor of the moment? Um, let me have a little think here. Yeah, no worries. Um, wow. <laughs> and in the future, you want me to answer what, what would I be doing in the future? So, okay. yeah, if like Pulp Fiction made another film, for example, you know, if you could uh, pick something right. up where it left off, if you think there was a hole or something. Yeah. Well, okay. Like, um, I don't know. Let's say Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> yeah. Because I do love his work. I mean, I absolutely love his work. And if you ever get a chance to see his masterclass on acting and masterclass, it's phenomenal. It's yep. really good. Very clever man. Very similar approach to acting that I have, which is, you know, it's not just about feeling everything it's about how you express yourself and that is really important to get that physically right and you have to think about what other people are thinking and what they are viewing yeah. so i'm really i'm in sync with how he he sees his craft i also love that he always chooses characters which are super different from his last characters so he's always got something different going on yeah you know and his, you know, if I was to choose a future project for him, I don't know, like, he could play anything, right? Yeah. Uh, oh, man, he's so good, right? I would love to see him play an aging rock star. Yeah, I could see that. <laughs> and I would be, you know, if I was Samuel L. Jackson playing an aging rock star in a movie, that'd be really cool. Because I've, I've always wanted to play an aging rock star, so. Okay. <laughs> If you manifest it, it will come. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like a sort of what would have happened if Jimi Hendrix had lived kind of yeah, story. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah? That, that yeah, would yeah. be cool. That's cool. Yeah, I like that. Right. So, Game of Thrones. How long do you have to be in makeup? What sort of time do you have to get to the set? Like, what's that experience like for you? What was so, it like? We uh, the the character of the White Walker uh, takes five hours in makeup, and I have to be at the studio if we're shooting in a day. Uh, I have to be at the studio one o'clock in the morning, and with the makeup team, so I'm not alone. Yeah. <laughs> They're there a little earlier than me, so don't feel too sorry for me. Jesus. Uh, and yeah. they are the ones who are really doing the work right mm -hmm. i just have to show up and sit in the chair and then we have a coffee or a tea and have a little something to eat like a banana 
And then we start gossiping and talking and they are doing the makeup and that takes a good five hours. We take little breaks, you know, to go to the toilet and stuff and get up and stretch my legs. And we get very close and have chats and they've worked with bigger stars than me. And it's always great to chew their ears about who is who and what's going on. So the gossip is great. The makeup, the makeup people are where it's at. Yeah, yeah. So it's always a lot of fun. At six o'clock in the morning when we're ready, we'll go down to the set and we'll line up the shots and be okayed by the director for what we're looking at for the day. Maybe have a little bit of a rehearsal, go back to the makeup chair, have a proper sort of breakfast, something to eat then, like a maybe a, you know, egg sandwich or something. Uh, given whatever the limits are with my makeup, because it's difficult to eat. So they sometimes have to feed me. Mm. Um, And then we shoot for 12 hours. So that's a 12 hour day ahead of us after makeup is done. And then once makeup, once the shoot day is done, like we'll wrap around six o'clock or seven o'clock, we, um, or maybe later than that, because you often run over, then it Mm. takes about an hour to get me out of makeup, maybe a little longer. Yeah, And then we all head back to the hotel and have a glass of wine and a little cry. And then we go to sleep and then we get up three hours later and do it all again. Uh, and during the day, like, yeah. just so, you know, it's clear, we kind of catch naps. We try to catch naps. Okay. And uh, I personally, I don't know what everybody else, what other actors do, but I am very vocal and will say like, okay, I need to take a little break now. I need to have a, a shut my eyes for five minutes, 10 minutes can sometimes do me. Yeah. Uh, I also always offer my trailer or my dressing room to the makeup team because they're often not given a trailer or a room to rest in uh, on set. So I often just say, if you're tired and you want to go into my room while I'm working, you know, like if I'm filming and you're not needed, Mm. feel free to go into my room and crash out on my sofa or my bed or whatever, you know? Yeah. Uh, so we just try to cooperate, get along nice, yeah, uh, and make it all run smooth and have a good day. Everybody's like, you know, having a fun day, really try to make it all happen and be grateful that we're all making, you know, movie yeah. magic. Yeah. Yeah. Is it the same sort of schedule for Doctor Who? Yes, pretty much. Yeah. It's always the same and it's similar teams you know i always know somebody who knows somebody on the team i've you know worked with a lot of these makeup artists for years and uh you know they'll always know somebody who knows somebody and it's a very close knit team and it's the same thing on doctor who wonderful oil really well run ship uh really lovely people to work for um you know people are very generous when they're sort of working with you and they say are you okay you know they check in on you and they don't want you collapsing on set they don't want you yeah you know dropping dead suddenly so people want you to kind of get through the day they know it's taxing and difficult yeah absolutely yeah just imagine like you dressed fully as like the white walker just like going into like a porter cabin or like a portaloo and going to the toilet and, like this kid just <laughs> like happens. walks past and you just come out and they're like what the fuck? <laughs> that totally so happens you yeah. know the crew will be in the toilet and be like oh my god it's the white walker <laughs> or yeah. even funnier you know if i'm sat there 
with the makeup team and we're talking about the real housewives of Beverly Hills and I'm talking <laughs> yeah. about Lisa Vanderpump and somebody walked by the room and go, that is just too weird. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> cause, cause I'm sat there with my, you know, having going like, but why did she walk <laughs> off the show? I just don't get it. <laughs> Dressed as the white walker. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. How <laughs> much the other team are just, you know, they get used to you. Yeah. They're used to you dressed like that. They're just sitting there going like, yeah, I know. It's like awful. <laughs> <laughs> How much of those sort of costumed prosthetic characters are computer generated or is it all you? Uh, it's all me and very little is computer generated uh, afterwards, just really touch-ups. For the White Walker, it's basically, uh, there's a steam that comes off his body. They kind of make him a little bit bluer than he maybe was. I think he was a bit grayer than that. And of course, they CGI the eyes, the blue glow of the eyes. Yeah. But everything else is makeup. It's five hours of makeup, and it's a lot of work. They yeah. do an amazing job. It's it's art. That yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. Right. Got a couple left. And then we'll do a quick fire, and then we'll uh, we'll wrap up. Just in the meantime, Ooh. I haven't mentioned this on a video. If anyone wants to yeah. donate to the Absolute Bedlam podcast, I have a Ko-fi link in the description of this episode. Any donations that get made will go into buying a better webcam than what I currently have, because I currently look about 20 to 25 years out of date. <laughs> so, yeah, if you can donate, please donate, but don't feel obliged and don't skin yourself in the process. Cool. I've just had that in my notes. I thought I'd mention that quickly. So, Ross, favourite actor? Oh my God, these are such <laughs> difficult questions. Uh, I, I really love, I love actors and I, you know, uh, I, I'll, I'll just go with, um, can I choose one male and one female? Yes, yes. Uh, Al Pacino and Meryl Streep. Nice, love that. Favorite free films slash TV shows? Oh, that's easy. My favorite film of all time is Rosemary's Baby, Roman Polanski directed with Mia Farrow and John Cassavetes and Ruth Gordon. Amazing movie if you've never seen it. It's okay. classic. I've seen it about six, seven, eight times. Yeah. And what was the other one? My favorite TV shows? Yeah, favorite free films slash TV shows. So if you want to pick another film and then oh, a TV okay. show or two TV shows. Okay. Uh, I Love Lucy. TV show, I Love Lucy. Without Lucy, there would be, I would never have laughed so hard in my whole life. Yeah. Nothing, when I'm lying in my deathbed, I want I Love Lucy playing because she can cheer me up no matter what. I truly love Lucy for what she's given me in my life. Um, she's an amazing, amazing comedian. And her shows still to this very day are just brilliant. Nice. Um, one more I will choose. I another movie that I really love watching again and again and again and again and again is it's a mad, 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 mad world. Okay. It's an amazing movie. It's from the, the 1960s. Uh, and it is super hilarious. It's madcap. It's three hours. It's the first kind of uh cross-country race to get a fortune treasure yeah okay. what's great about that, this movie is that it's a comedy and everybody in it is out for themselves yeah, yeah. it's one of those comedies and it's super funny 
I really recommend it. Isn't that a there's a movie that came out that kind of went under the radar? It's quite a while ago now. It's called Rat Race. Oh yeah. And there's this, there wouldn't like, be a rat treasure. race without it. it's yeah, a mad, yeah. mad, 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 mad world. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, Game of Thrones, just quickly stepping back, and Doctor Who. Um, did yeah. you take anything from the set when the series ended? Okay, I took my ears from the set of Game of Thrones. Love I that. wrapped them in plastic, in, yeah. like in a cling film, and I stuck them in my wash bag. And then I put that in my, my wash bag in the little cupboard in the bathroom. Yeah, yeah. My flatmate <laughs> found it. It was like, what the hell is this? And I was like, oh, those are my ears from Game of Thrones. And he was like, <laughs> he was like, that's utterly disgusting. Why are you keeping that? And I was yeah. like, because they were all manky and the glue had eaten away at them and they were yeah, all yeah. weird. And I was like, well, we could sell them on eBay. And he was like, you're not that desperate. And he threw them in the garbage. So they're gone. <laughs> uh, nothing from Doctor Who except for like, uh, I just have, I think, like a couple of little sides they gave me for the scripts, you know, and that's yep. it. Fair enough. Did you meet any insane people that just made you go, oh, my God, that's David Tennant or, oh, my God, that's insert character name here sort of thing? Uh, only on Doctor Who or on anywhere? Game of Thrones? Yeah, anywhere, really. I don't know why I'm just gating you to two. Okay, Any, so my big, my big, big one is I worked on a movie called A Monster Calls. Yeah. Uh, with Liam Neeson and Sigourney mm. Weaver. Uh, it was a Bayona, J.A. Bayona film. And I was helping Liam Neeson with motion capture in that film. So my role isn't very prominent in it. But uh, I got to have dinner with Liam Neeson and Sigourney Weaver. Yeah. And that was phenomenal. Sigourney sat across from me and... She has a daughter at the time was looking to go into prosthetics makeup. So we just chatted for like two hours and she's an icon for me. Nice. And then I worked with Liam for about two weeks on set and he was equally as awesome and phenomenal That's cool. That's and nice. down to earth. So those two were pretty mind blowing. Um, yeah. I've just worked on a film where I can't say what it is, but I've worked with some three real big mega stars in it <laughs> yeah. and uh, that's been really cool one of them's yeah was a dream to work with yeah awesome fantastic right i've got one more question for you but before that we'll just do some quick fire ones okay so i'm debating getting rid of this question because it just seems a bit like Go i, I have a lot of u.s clientele here and they Go don't know it. what kinder eggs are oh okay so in your opinion, Ross, is a Kinder Egg a crap bit of chocolate with a toy inside of it and you only buy it for the toy? Or is it a chocolatey treat with a bonus toy inside of it? Oh my God, it's a chocolatey treat with a bonus toy inside of it because the chocolate is... It's Weird, good. It? It's quality chocolate. Yeah, it's it's it quality chocolate. It's unique. And if, yeah. the pri if the prize is not so great, you you at least have had a really good piece of chocolate. That's it. Positive. I like it. Baby bell or cheese string? What was that? Baby bell or cheese string? Oh, baby bell. Look okay. at that cheese string. Man. <laughs> no, cheese would, string is just wrong. <laughs> would you prefer to camp in a tent or in a static caravan? 
I would like to camp in a tent again. Because yeah. uh, I used to when I was a kid with my mom and dad. So yeah. I'll say tent. Fair enough. I think that's the first ever tent response. So I'm here for that. Living in a city or living in the countryside? <laughs> that's easy for me. City boy all the way, man. Yeah. I'm a city boy. Yeah. Chocolate or sweets? Oh, chocolate? Kinder chocolate. chocolate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Bath or shower? Shower. Nice. Last one. This this isn't even a quick fire question. This is just one of those random questions. If you could get £10,000 a day from staying in prison mm. for one day, how long um, would you be willing to stay in prison, bearing in mind it's a maximum security prison? Uh, I would stay no days in prison. Fair enough. <laughs> Ross is obviously doing all right. <laughs> well, I'm not doing all right, but I, I also have a very different view about money than most people. I just yeah. wouldn't do... Yeah. I just couldn't do it. I, yeah. You know, you could die there in that one yeah, day. Yeah, 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 definitely. You know, did you watch that uh, Sean Bean uh, series about prison? I don't think so. What was it called? It was just on last year. It was called Time. Okay. And in it, like somebody gets like something they do in prison, which I didn't know about, was they boil water and then they pour a bag of sugar in it and melt all the sugar and then throw it in your face. Oh, my God. Yeah. Mm. Horrific. Now, if that happened to me on that one day that I was making mm. 10,000, only $10,000 or yeah, pounds, yeah. I'd yeah. be super sad about that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good no answer. thanks. Like that. Um, minor inconveniences so do you have anything in your life that just kind of annoys you and you want to get off your chest now's your, <laughs> now's your chance uh yeah i need to redo my kitchen i've renovated all my house except for my kitchen so i really need to get that done nice i got one here i can't remember it off the top of my head i'm just gonna find it so when you're having an argument with someone yeah, they're always facing the other way, according to you, because you always say, so then I turned around and I said, and now that <laughs> right. I've mentioned that everyone's going to be like, oh, God, I'm so hyper aware of that. But, you know, like when you're going to pay for something and someone goes, yeah. oh, you know, yeah. then I turned and I around. Turn around and I yeah. Said, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like when people say they've got to go, <laughs> they slap their knees. They're like, right, I've got to make a move. That sort of thing. I think yeah. like that turnaround and said is like a very Joan Collins thing from Dynasty, right? She had yeah, that yeah. big chair. She would spin around and then turn around yeah, and yeah. say, That's it, yeah. get out of my office, you tramp. Yeah, of course, they're going <laughs> to argue with you if you're facing the wrong way the entire time. That's just rude, isn't it? Of course, yeah. Might ditch that as well because I'm running out of these because I've got to produce one a week, whereas my guest has to produce one and vanish off the face of the earth for minor inconveniences. <laughs> <laughs> so... Right, we're now at the home straight, home stretch, whatever it is. Plans for the future. Is there anything you can talk about that you have planned for the rest of the year? Uh, I have a Doctor Who cruise in two weeks. I'm going yeah. on a cruise of the Caribbean from Miami to Panama with fantastic Doctor Who fans. It's going to be a monster cruise. So I'm doing it with about six other monsters from Doctor Who, which is fabulous. And I can't wait. I'm working on a pilot for a TV show, which I can't talk too much about. That's fine. 
Uh, I have a short film that I finished editing called Pocket Full of Bread, which uh, is going to be hitting the festivals at some point. And I star, well, starred, I was in a very big blockbuster movie, which filmed last year, which will be out in 2023. I can't say what it is. That's fine. And I shall, oh, I'm pegged, I'm earmarked, and I'm still in development for doing a very full-on feature vampire film, which I can't talk any more about it other than that. Yeah. So there's a few projects in the lineup. Um, you know, other than that, I'm always waiting around to see what happens. That's it. <laughs> Keep yourself busy. Yeah. yeah. Love it. Um, is there anything you want to ask me? Or are you happy to... Did you have a good time? Yeah, it's great. <laughs> yeah. Cool. I think it was something like 35 pounds for all three of us I can't argue with that and I'm Brilliant. not exaggerating when I say we live five minutes away from cool. Weymouth Comic Con Redlands brilliant Weymouth is beautiful yeah, yeah it is it's good. a gorgeous place I fall into the, the habit and the trap sometimes of kind of taking it for granted because it's every day when I go yeah. jogging you know I jog along the seafront and I don't really drink it in i kind of just it's beautiful see it as down a destination there. you know that sort of a thing. little windy but yeah, yeah it was beautiful yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah you get battered cool running along the seafront but yeah awesome well thank you very much for your time thank really you very much man. i appreciate you um doing the turnaround so quickly on this as well because no worries schedule i had the time nuts. so to fit people yeah, in it's good, fantastic. in two weeks i wouldn't be here so that's yeah, good yeah. we just do it now awesome oh, nice i'm just going to stop the Take recording care. Gonna stop Thank the recording. You very much. I'll speak to you in a sec. Archie Soul Male Grooming. My main sponsor for Absolute Bedlam Podcast. I have been with Archie Soul since I think April last year, and it's been such a good experience for me to go a bit back and forth with Mark. Um, give him some ideas he gives me some ideas for the podcast in return and it's a really nice relationship that I have with him I'm very very grateful to um, get loads and loads of free samples from him and help grow his uh, company at the same time so it's a nice little natural thing that we're doing I've got some notes here, two seconds so Archie Soul Men was created to bring some of the finest men's grooming products from around the world to the men of the UK. Not male models, not Instagram filters, just the everyday bloke. We do not sell ordinary, we sell outstanding products made by craftsmen who care and these products really do work. Products that will make you feel great at work and at play clean and fresh with every use so archiesoul.com is their website free shipping orders over 25 pounds get free shipping no quibble 30 days return guaranteed all dispatch from the uk and an array of excellent five-star customer reviews on their website for you to have a look at if you want us based products archiesoul does the rest right here from the uk let them do the heavy lifting for you Code Bedlam2022 will get you 20% off your total order, except for leather bags and razors. Some of the products include Duke Cannon, Anthony, Walton Wood Farm, Ace High, Darwin's Grooming, 
just absolutely incredible products incredible companies just check them out they're incredible like i say <laughs> i've said it three times beard oil shower gel deodorant wallets beard combs notepads leather bags anything you want for all the males out there to feel a little bit more special no plastic no problem just a cardboard box for the goodies and environmentally friendly packaging for all of the safe transit the shipping like I've mentioned before, is incredible. I order stuff on Tuesday and I get it on Thursday. You can't ask for more than that, really. Uh, their website is on Shopify, so it's got all the latest payment options available. So, yeah, look good, feel great. Archie Soul, male grooming. Right, enjoy the episode and see you later. Hello, hope you enjoyed that episode. Just got an ad read from a new sponsor called Set Surf. So, Set Surf is a small British company passionate about mineral sunscreen and natural skin protection. Our range of sunscreens and creams are designed to protect your skin naturally without harsh chemicals which harm coral reefs and aquatic life. So, if anyone knows me in real life, they'll know that I'm from a seaside town and one of the most important things when you go to the beach and probably anywhere in the world really to be fair is sun cream and we all know how much of an absolute disaster it can be when you go to the beach without sun cream so i want to make sure that people are using the right sun cream and not the rubbish cheap alternatives from many many supermarkets <laughs> i won't call any out um but yeah this is how set surf is different from all that cheap nasty stuff that will just about get the job done so it's 100 percent mineral we don't use any harsh or weird chemicals to reach SPF 50. They just use zinc oxide and titanium dioxide, which makes them perfect for sensitive skin and all of your kids. It's reef safe because we use no chemicals which harm coral reefs and aquatic life at all. Our sunscreens are genuinely reef safe. They're also non-nano. We use non-nano sized particles which don't sink into the deeper layers of your skin like you get with some chemical sunscreens. It rubs in virtually clear, so set sunscreen rubs in very well without leaving any chalky marks or residue on your skin and they are also very, very water resistant. Lastly, they are packed with good stuff. They contain Kalahari melon oil argan oil and aloe vera to nourish and moisturize your skin if you shop the range at www.setsurf.com use the code bedlam20 to get 20% of any of the products on their website so that's www.setsurf.com and use the code bedlam20 to get 20% off of anything on their website right another ad read coming right up See you later. Hello, guys. Got a new ad read for you from a company called Optimus U. Um, so they are a fitness and sportswear company. Um, they are an excellent example of how fitness and sportswear should be achieved. They are going towards the fully sustainable route, which I am well behind 
planting a tree and all that sort of stuff for every purchase. So I've got this to read out. I've got Optimus U. We are much more than just a sportswear brand. We are a community full of fighters for 100% of the people, absolutely zero discrimination, and only using the very, very best quality in organic, sustainable materials made ethically here in Europe. Whether you're taking your dog for a walk or hitting that new personal best in the gym, let us help you along your journey and letting you become the most optimus version of yourself. Recently got these on board because I think that Luke from Optimus U is a fantastic example of a leader and lockdown has helped him create and develop this amazing brand. Um, and they are incredibly involved, they're incredibly inclusive, like I say, and I cannot recommend them enough. So give them a go at optimusu.co.uk. If you use my code, which is bedlam10, bedlam10, you'll get 10% off your order. And I, I just, I think they're fantastic. Um, they haven't put a foot wrong. Truly, absolutely awesome company um i've recently been given a shirt and hoodie from them and i will be ordering some more stuff from them very very soon so shout out to optimus U. uh right back to the episode cheers guys bye